free as a boy. and welcome to I've Got a Beatles podcast with Dave and Chris and we were enjoying the Dakota sounds of John Lennon and uh, playing Free as a Bird way back in 1977. Uh, I think you mean Boyd. Free, free as a Boyd. That's right. And uh, that is the subject as we go under the microscope uh, once again to close out 2016. But it, it's especially wonderful that we get to do this because you know in this episode when we're talking about the beatles or the threedles version of three of free as a bird we get to invoke friend of the show jeff lynn one more time oh, this year oh yeah i know you've been waiting the to uh, to oh, do that boy. which i just saw today as we're recording on uh, december 20th they, they announced the people who are going to be inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame and elo is one of those groups so very timely uh, well, I think uh, Jeff Lynn deserves to get in for ELO, and I love ELO, and I'm not. That's about the last good thing I'm going to say about Jeff Lynn. This, uh, so. I figured I'm going to rip a new one this oh, episode, boy. but you know, oh, boy. yeah, there's definitely a lot of Jeff Lynn on this version of the oh uh, yeah of the Beatles. One of the two reunion songs that they did back in 1994-95 for the anthology series. And uh, this kind of a, you know, it's interesting to talk about this one because I think for you and I and people who were around and big Beatle fans at that time, uh, it was, the way it was presented was really exciting. And I almost remember that more than anything else. Like the song could have been forgettable, but the way it was presented uh, on TV was pretty exciting. So you remember that? Uh, uh, didn't you uh, uh, have to tape it because yes. you can make it uh, uh, can see it live? That's correct. I had to uh, tape the Beatles anthology. They it was on ABC, I think, and they released they they uh, put out three different nights, and this was on the was it on the last or the first night. I can't remember, but whenever it was, it had like a little counter, like a time counter. One of the the show was about over, and it said five minutes to the next to the new Beatles song, and then it would keep counting down. And, yeah, and I remember, yeah, my roommates were sleeping. It was like eleven o'clock at night, and I was sitting there right by the TV, 
uh, just so excited and ready to hear what was this reunion song going to be like. And so that was Free as a Bird. Well, I remember you and I standing in some line to get the anthology when it yes, came out. at Best Buy in Urbana. At Best Buy. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Urbana, That's Illinois. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Best Buy. And I think they gave us a, a white Beatles like a sweatshirt. Yes, there was a shirt involved, I yeah. think. Yeah. Might still have that somewhere, but I highly doubt it looks good or fits <laughs> any, anything like that. Yeah, it was a big marketing thing, though, and it was it was very special at the time because if you're not familiar with the song, uh, it was what what basically the story is that the Beatles were doing the anthology project and thought it would be nice to make some new music, and the Threedles at that time started to uh, jam around and do some playing, but just didn't really do much, and so they figured, well, you know, it's not the Beatles without John. So then uh, McCartney asked Yoko if there were any unreleased recordings that John had done that maybe they could build upon. And so that's what happened. So Yoko gave him three songs, I believe, uh, one that's never seen the light of day now and then. But the other two were uh, Free as a Bird and Real Love. I guess the the tapes also could, uh, had Grow Old with me on oh, it, right. too. Okay. But she gave him like a mono mono <laughs> cassette tapes. Nice. Like, there's a pretty uh, good long article about uh, Free as Bird on the Beatles Bible website, beatlesbible.com. And uh, they uh, talk about, Jeff Lynn talks about how difficult it was to go to those, to get those yeah. recordings cleaned up and how primitive sounding it was. So he spent like weeks just with the computer just trying to get it sounding pretty good before any of the guys were even there so that part of it you know he he seemed to do a pretty good job of i don't have a problem with him with that oh good okay for sure (laughs) because think about it yeah you've got if you remember cassettes they could be kind of wobbly and would sort of uh, with the tape speed could get a little bit out of whack so jeff lynn had to fix a lot of the presentation and and get it at a straight speed and it was probably out of tune uh, at the, it was just with the way it was recorded, it had a lot of you know, room noise and just had to do a lot of cleanup on it. Uh, but the, 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 what was interesting about this one, I think, is that the Beatles, the remaining Beatles, had to actually do a lot to it to fill out the song because, as you heard in the opening, John kind of <laughs> kind of half sings a lyric and then mumbles the rest and so they, they had to write some stuff and so it, it turned out to be kind of a collaboration in a way and yeah. i like the way what do you think about the the way they said i think ringo said that uh the the beatles agreed they would pretend that john had gone out for lunch or had gone out for a cup of tea and then they'd you know record around it and finish it up well, I like it. I I like it's a it's a strange song, especially because of those cut in uh, vocals. Because what other song do you remember that had lead lines from all three? Yeah, that's all true. Three, uh, three of the four Beatles. I said all three Beatles, like Ringo. <laughs> this is nothing. <laughs> Poor Ringo. But, uh, so when you hear that, uh, I remember the especially the very first time hearing George come in. Yes. It's like really like, oh, yeah, awesome. Striking, yeah. Yeah. 
And probably the best section of the song, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, some of the music here. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think probably the best section of the song, and that the part that turned out the best, is the little George vocal going into the uh, awesome guitar solo with pretty great Beatlesque backup singing. Yeah. Uh, going on there. Yeah, absolutely. And you, th- you think about it this time. So we're talking in the early 90s here, mid 90s. Why did George bring in or why did he suggest Jeff Lynne? Well, because they'd done Cloud Nine, they did the Wilburys and uh, thought he would be a good person to put this together. Jeff Lynne, I think, was the probably the right person for this. I guess George Martin was asked but didn't want to do it because of his hearing. Yeah. Uh, it's just... I think it's kind of an interesting choice. I mean, I mean, that's as we dig into the song itself, you asked about the music and we'll talk about the music and lyrics, but I want to see what you think. What do you think of the, the, the actual song itself uh, with the John version, not necessarily the performance, but as a song free as a bird. I like it. And the reason I like it is because of the music of it, mm. particularly the very interesting. And this is what I want to get your feedback on. Yeah. The changes uh, in the in the uh, the section that on the song uh, proper that uh, Paul the bridge sings yeah. the bridge is uh, very interesting. Yes. Uh, melody and chord progression. Mm hmm. It is. Yeah. So we can dig into the music here if you want. It's the basic track itself is pretty basic uh the verse it's just verse verse bridge verse bridge uh and the verses are like kind of a throwback to the 50s a little bit with the one six four five da 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 but then like you said the interesting part is actually in the bridge uh where it changes so the key the song is basically an a major and then it, it doesn't really feel very steady it feels very circular to me kind of yeah. like a bird flying maybe uh it just keeps keeps going so like when john finishes singing he's actually in c major so he's changed the key that he's in and then that leads really well to that bridge you were talking about and i think what makes it interesting when paul and george sing is that it keeps moving up uh it keeps whatever happened to the life that we once knew. Oh, da, 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 da. Yeah. It just keeps building up and the chords moving up by what we call a half step. Uh, and so it's building a lot of tension. And that goes along with the text, too. What, when, you're, when he's singing, whatever happened to the life that we once knew, can we really live without each other? That's a pretty intense kind of sentiment to feel. So the music is very building and moving in an ascending way so i i think that's what makes it exciting it's got a, a minor four chord in it which is very beatly or it has an augmented chord very beatly it's kind of got all the you know check off all the boxes here for a beatlesque sound yeah uh, except for what except for a woo well <laughs> 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 no, uh, uh, check off all the boxes for uh, a Beatles sound, but I, and why I've always had a little bit of a problem with the song, is the production of, specifically, the drums. Ah, uh, yeah. And the drum sound, particularly, uh, it, it just is too Jeff Lynne. It's like... <laughs> Plastic. 80s ELO songs. It's like all of Cloud Nine. It's, yeah. it's that 
too much and and you lose the distinction of Ringo mm-hmm. and Ringo's just made to play such a, a way too simple Ringo pattern uh and just gets uh, you know washed out it's like mm, this doesn't work for me all of the George is so well produced and mm-hmm. so great and sounds wonderful and then I, I also have a little bit of a problem with the levels yeah the mix the mix of it maybe like the bass bass could be brought up a little bit we could hear a little bit more bass yeah and yeah. and some of the vocals are, are not being in the room hearing the final product we're, we're and it's easy to be critical of it I'm sure it was very very difficult for him to put together but it just seems to me like he he missed the he missed the mark particularly on the drums uh, that's interesting you say that because I think that's I wrote down here part of the problem for me or the reason why I've never I mean I, I like the song but it's not one of my favorites is because I feel it's very sluggish like very like draggy in the drums and it doesn't have any sort of crispness that you that Ringo does have when George Martin would produce him uh, it, it just feels very like ponderous and the word yeah. I wrote is logy <laughs> sluggish and that it just makes the song feel like much longer than it is and it drags uh, particularly that middle uh verse yeah where yeah. they go back to the verse again and just like just seems like oh let's get to it yeah and then and then fortunately the rest of the song kind of is good and the little coda they put on at the end with the the guitar and the backwards uh, yeah, John Lennon vocal that yeah. makes him sound like he's saying John Lennon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> is is all cool and great. I think, yeah. and you know, a little extra little drum fill there and mm-hmm. everything. That that's pretty good. I think I so so how could he have fixed it? One to take to have the drums be better. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the exact solution to that, but have the drums be better. And two. If we got a little more of a, there's a little places you can hear some guitar, some rhythm guitar. If maybe had we had a twelve string acoustic or something, something else in there over the John yeah. parts to to just add a little energy to it, it it, it could have been a, a little bit better. But you're right, it, it like totally drags. Uh, well, and that's, but, and that's why the great part about it. Is with that the in that last bridge that George sings, he only sings half the bridge, and then goes right into the really great uh, slide guitar solo, and that I think then you sort of wake up again and think, oh wow, that's cool. First of all, it's George, and then that slide guitar, and it's shorter, uh, so I, that was a smart move on their part. Yeah, there's something really. I, I mean, obviously, we've both said uh, George is our favorite thing on this. Yeah, and there was something really great, I think, about him being able to like really contribute to this song, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, considering what we know about his relationship with the rest of the band at, at towards the end, especially being a little like, a little bit like, hey, let me, I've got the best songs, let yeah, me, uh, yeah. give me some, you know? <laughs> give me some room on a record, yeah. please, yeah. yeah. So and once they did with Abbey Road, you know, finally, yeah, yeah. it's like ah, oh, electric stuff, like really great stuff. So, right. uh, but uh, but still, then he he didn't quite have his uh, singing voice to hear adult grown up George singing uh-huh. on a Beatles song was it's pretty great. It is. So that's a 
it's it's worth the price of admission just for that and yeah. for the awesome guitar solo and the opening so uh, and the solo yeah beginning solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why and I think I think so in the overall mix we're hearing about like you know we wavering back and forth and I think that that stuff puts Freezebird just a little bit around the middle of the Beatles catalog to the lower portion yeah. of the Beatles catalog but but definitely worth it for that solo yeah i i saw that uh, a couple critics i was reading some reviews of the song and uh one person in the guardian called it as a publicity gimmick uh (laughs) another person called it uh, disappointingly low-key george's guitar weeps gently enough when required but the overall effect is of a dirge and then (laughs) another person said it was a dreary song I guess it did have its critics, but uh, yeah. I mean, what what do you think of the lyrics, or can you tell us a little bit about the lyrical content? Well, there's not a whole lot going on, <laughs> you know. I mean, you already mentioned kind of. I do think that the trick uh, that they pulled off pretty well was in that first bridge, adding the line. It always made me feel so, and yeah, it yeah. goes in the back into free. So. Yeah. That, that's pretty good, but the the lyrics aren't too much anything. It's just like, of course, everyone would have loved to see what John would have done with this. Yeah, given some time to work on it, uh, uh, maybe. He, I, I mean, I mean, I, uh, who's who's to say if he would have even used it at all? It might have just been lost to history. Yeah. Period. But I, I did. I do really like that line. Freeze a bird is the next best thing to be. Yeah. That what what does that mean to you? How do you read that? Well, to me, it means that can we really live without each other? It's sort of like it's sort of that thing where you're single, you've broken up and, and you're talking yourself into, yeah, this is great being free, but really do you really mean it? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when Paul is sort of ref- reflecting, where do we lose the touch that seemed to mean so much? Right. And uh, you know, I think I thought that that was uh, well well done mm-hmm. lyrically to like put it back to talking about the, them in a way. Yeah. And I think the music, obviously, the thing you were talking about before, they did a great job of taking the theme of free as a bird and framing it musically. Yeah. But even better job with the video. Graham, glad you, that was a good segue. Cause that's yeah. uh yeah, because the video, that was of course the first way we came across this song and it's, I just finished watching it. I was taught a Beatles class this semester where I teach. And uh, that was the last day of class. We talked about it and showed the video and the students were, a lot of them said, wow, uh, we wouldn't have understood any of that if we hadn't just taken this class for 16 weeks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because the video, it was it's made up of a lot of references to Beatles songs, Beatles events. Uh, I saw a number around 50 to 60 uh, quotes or images or things of 50 to 60 Beatles songs just in that video. Uh- I see on on uh, once again that Beatles Bible uh, yeah. website. It says uh, more than eighty in total. Oh my gosh! Wow. Okay, even more than so, what I found. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you, what's your thought on that video? And kind of give us a, a quick overview of since it's 
we can't watch it while we're talking, but what, what, what's in the video? What's it like? Well, it's like a bird, and he's sort of uh, flying and, and sort of ducking in and out of little scenes of people. So, you you know, across... It's swooping scenes, around. Like, yeah. Here's the, yeah, swooping around. So here's the Cavern Club, and and then here we see, like, uh, what looks like uh, a car crash. Mm-hmm. You know, so little references like that, like a kite. Yeah. You'll see a kite. You'll see children in pig masks. So Penny Lane. Like a, yeah. You'll see uh, uh, the clock says 10-10, so that's one after 9-09. Oh, there's, clever. There's, yeah. like, a lot of little uh, references. You also see uh, Stuart Sutcliffe. You see Brian. Brian. Mm-hmm. You see a lot, of, a lot of Magical Mystery Tour coach can be seen in the in the distance yeah uh uh so a lot of little like uh little scenes like that uh you could just dig forever yeah uh it through repays, that video it definitely was worth watching it a couple times just to catch all the stuff in there i remember the nurse selling poppies from a tray is walking around from penny lane and yeah uh yeah it's clever I, I, but then you see pick people fixing a hole in oh, the yeah. roof that's another one there's a blue meanie in it mm. briefly if you look carefully. And then what so. about the ending of the song? It's you mentioned already it has the John Lennon saying turned out nice again, uh, yeah. but then turned back. It was played backwards, but it makes it sound like John Lennon. Yeah, <laughs> by John Lennon. It's yeah, what it sounds like. Yeah, uh, and in the video, it's a little see a guy on stage by himself. It kind of seems like, oh, that it, it probably did say John Lennon. Yeah, playing a ukulele. That's probably supposed to be John Lennon playing a ukulele for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, I like it. I like it. It's a little cool little bit. Um, yeah. Of the of the two songs, do you think this is the better of the two? This and Real Love. I've always been partial to Real Love. I think it's better. Uh, I remember it from the John Lennon Imagine soundtrack. I think that was the first place that I heard it. And I think it's it's more of a finished product, I think too, and that's what the I think Paul was quoted as saying it wasn't as fun to work on that one because it was already done, basically. Uh, but I, I think it's a better song. But Free as a Bird has its novelty charm to it, certainly. Yeah, it is a sort of. I mean, that's the real uh, joy of it is the novelty of yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. The novelty of he- hearing these guys, you know, in this context now one would think there would be no cover versions of this that's what i thought (laughs) uh but i found some all right so here's one from 2010 and this is from the royal philharmonic orchestra oh so let's hear a little bit of this
So there's All the right. Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Yeah, was that conducted? I like that one. It was nice. Was that conducted by Carl Davis? Uh, not does not say. Okay, because I think he was the guy who worked with Paul McCartney on the uh, Liverpool Oratorio, and I I believe he was the conductor of that orchestra. So uh, that would make sense, and it's that's a nice version. It's very uh, it, it work translates well to an orchestral setting. Yeah, I, I I think that's yeah very true. I think that's what I was trying to say earlier clumsily was that the <laughs> the music stands on its own kind of yeah, yeah. pretty good. It's good tune. All right, so the next uh, next up for <laughs> bid is the Bossa Tango Lounge Club. Whoa, <laughs> over on their album Tango and the Beatles. It's a fusion of the music of Buenos Aires. <laughs> And the cream of the repertoire of the Fab Four. So here, in Tango and Beatles, we find innovative versions full of seduction (gasps) that combine the freshness of the original songs (laughs) with the melancholy of Buenos Aires. All right, let's uh, let's hear a little (laughs) bit of Freezy Bird. I can't wait. Boston Tango Lounge Club. didn't sound all that tango-y to me <laughs> yeah it's a little <laughs> odd but uh uh interesting though. interesting yeah yeah you know what's interesting is they kind of did they uh, gave me an idea for a fix of the beatles version which is like have ringo come in late yeah that's true start out with the the regular song first and then yeah add the drums yeah so for our third one yes. we did this uh we did this in a previous episode I got to pick them for you. Oh, boy. This is always scary. <laughs> now, do you want to hear one from a Russian band uh, of which name I cannot pronounce because it's in Russian? <laughs> okay. Do you want to hear one from a band called Sine Quino? Or do you want to hear one from a seven-year-old kid? <laughs> Once again, I'll use the same phrase, an embarrassment of riches here. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I don't know. Uh, huh. Well, what can you tell me? Which one's the most radically different? Probably the Sinequinon. Okay, let's hear that one. We'll, we'll go. Uh, we'll, we'll go with letter B. All right, Sinequinon. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I had to look them up. Looks like they are a world rhythms jazz quintet with Latin, African, and Caribbean fusion, which I heard there. I I, I think it kind of works a little faster like that. Maybe that yeah. would have helped, maybe. Yeah. We're finding all kinds of fixes. I know. You See, if you and I were in Abbey Road Studios, we could just uh, you know make a million bucks here and fix things up. One thing we didn't mention uh, that I wanted to bring up before we uh, wrap up is... There's a different mix of this? There is, yeah. If you get the DVD of uh, Beatles 1 and 1 Plus uh, that, that came out last year, uh, there's a remix of Free as a Bird and Real Love. And the uh, the version of Free as a Bird, they're actually they're both pretty different in a lot of ways. Uh, different guitar lines. And then George sings a different lyric, actually, instead of singing... Whatever happened to the life that we once knew always made me feel so free. He changes it to whatever happened to the love that we once knew. Yeah, so they dropped in a different George vocal on that. And strange. Yeah, it's it's really it's worth checking out if you've not uh, seen or heard it that way. You can't get it anywhere else, I don't think. You have to get it just on that DVD or Blu-ray set. But it's it's different, and it brings out a lot more. Because you were talking about how you couldn't hear the guitar uh, in in the like the rhythm guitar. It's you can hear more of it, and you can hear ah. yeah, you can hear more of Paul's vocal actually. And so I think it was a good idea to remix it. So I highly recommend listening to both the 1995 and the uh, 2015 versions, and you'll hear some differences in both songs. Wow. Yeah. So Jeff Lynn redid the did the uh, remixing himself, I believe. Now, I don't know if you got the CD single when it came out. I did. Yeah, that also had that had uh a version of I saw her standing there or, or I think I think one of them just had Christmas time is here again. Yeah. And then there was another one that had there was an I EP. saw her standing there, this boy, and Christmas time is here again. It was an EP. That was also the first time I ever heard Christmas time is here again. That's right. Was awesome. Yeah, exactly. So. It was a big moment for all of us who were around at that time uh, in the mid-90s because it was new product, and the way it was done was uh, pretty exciting. Uh, I th- guess it had been, had people done that before? Maybe the Natalie Cole, Unforgettable, I think that was a few years before. Mm-hmm. Uh, bringing back someone who's deceased on a recording, yeah. but it certainly was a big deal when it came out, and uh, it it's 
stands on its own. I'd say you're right. It's in, to me, it's a, kind of free as a bird's a middle of the road, middle of a catalog track. Yeah, uh, but definitely worth it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, give a critical listen to everything we've talked about uh, as we uh, play it to wrap up uh, our uh, song under the microscope. We'll be back with more of these and more great other topics. Yes. Uh, in 2017. Pretty excited. Yes, we just got the news that, uh, we'll, we'll just tease it here, but we got the news that Paul will be re-releasing, or the new reissue of Flowers in the Dirt will be our big marquee item next year. So that yeah. looks pretty exciting. And we had a big discussion on our Facebook page about it, if you want to go uh, voice your opinion about it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, going to be exciting. And- you know what else is coming up in the new year, uh, Dave? What? 100th episode. You're right. Yes. So uh, I will be, go- uh, please, please go to our Facebook page if you don't regularly go there. Uh, like us and look for, I'm going to make, uh, I'm going to put out a post uh, in, a, uh, in advance of that 100th episode and get a little bit of feedback from you guys on some uh uh well you'll see you'll see when i post so (laughs) i'm excited tease a little bit of a excitement but uh that might might be a little bit down the road uh this year but uh uh yeah it's exciting 100 episodes yeah they said we wouldn't get to four (laughs) well here a lot of people did get to four after listening to the first two two or three Yes. Well, (laughs) in the meantime, have a great holiday season and happy new year. And uh, we'll go out today with the full version of the Beatles reunion of Free as a Bird.